0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And boy, it's rough and rowdy in the room tonight, folks. If you were, <laughs> a, if you could have been a part of the pre-show discussion oof, between the other two guys on this show, well, I don't know. If they were in the same room, might have been to blows. But anyways, let's bring those two individuals weighing in, and I'm not going to guess, Brian Anthony Davis, podcasters. What's up, Brian? Dave eats dirt. <laughs> and in the other corner, weighing in, it, I'm not going to guess, Dave Schofield, the editor of Behind the Steel Curtain. What's up, Dave?
1: <laughs> hey, if someone else thinks that they can understand numbers better than me, they can try.
0: I don't even try. That's why I just sat there and laughed and exactly. said, okay, let's get the show on the road. All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 1-0. We talked about that ad nauseum this week. It's now time to start to turn our attention to... The Las Vegas Raiders coming to Pittsburgh at Heinz Field in week two. It's it's before we get started, I want to get you all just overall gist of this game. There's there's the fans that are like Michael Beck. Michael Beck has been saying, he said it in his live mic podcast on Tuesday. He reiterated that to me on Let's Ride again when he was on with me at Let's Ride on uh Friday, which will debut on our audio side. He thinks this game is going to be a laugher. He thinks it's going to be a blowout. Double-digit win for the – double-digit lead win for the Steelers. How do you all think this game is going to play out? I don't want predictions right now, but I'm just thinking, like, how are you feeling about this game as we sit here on Thursday night? Brian, we'll start with you.
2: I feel that this is a very dangerous game. And the reason I'm saying that is because the Raiders – could come in with a very bad team. We've seen it in 2009 with Bruce Gradkowski. We saw it in 2018 when uh, everything broke down and everything went wrong. Josh Dobbs was in there. The broken
0: X-ray machine. The X-ray machine game. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: Chris, <laughs> Chris Boswell falling down. I mean, where did I see that game?
0: Sitting it? next to Brian
2: At My house. house. And house. house.
1: Yeah. At my house. <laughs> <laughs> and. You know what? It, I'm not invited anymore after tonight.
2: <laughs> oh, no, you're always we're, we're allowed. To, we're allowed to fight. I'm allowed to tell you when you're being a poopy head. I mean, I mean, that's, uh, so, but you know what? It, it's it's dangerous. Now, I remember week two in 2002. One, Brian Anthony Davis did not know that he was sitting among greatness when he was there because one, Tony Daffio was in the house too, and the Steelers were supposed to roll in that game, and. The Raiders, uh, silly things happened in that game too. It always seems like silly things happen. Then Lynn Swan blew me off in the concourse and I swore I would never vote for him again. And I didn't, so I cursed him in the 2004 election. But with that being (laughs) said, this is a team that just played the Baltimore Ravens and we were rooting hard for this team the other night. And they had no business winning that game two or three times. They had... They screwed up, and they kept on getting second chances in that game. I stayed up for the entire thing, and when you come away with a victory like that, one of two things happen: one, you get cocky, or two, you're like, "Wait a second, we can do this." And it's not the cockiness; it's the fact that you're out there and you th- you realize you get that mojo and you feel like you're going to be able to do so much more. They have some stars on that team that. I think that are really tough one on defense one on offense and they, you cannot overlook this team. So don't get cocky Steelers after that week one win, when you were not exactly
0: stellar. Okay. So you fall into my camp, uh, Dave, are you in the Jeff Hartman? Be careful in this game or are you in the Michael back? This game's going to be pretty easy.
1: I am definitely more in the Jeff Hartman camp. Um, I guess the best way to say it is I probably had more confidence in the Steelers with this game before last week, if you know what I mean, because now it almost seems like the expectations are so much more and it doesn't mean that the Steelers can't do it. Cause I'm, I'm going to say it all the time. This, I feel the Steelers can absolutely win every game, but I also see where they could absolutely lose it as well. When you look at it game by game, there's a reason you can see it as you go. And, and sorry, love Michael Beck, But if you remember last year, he was convinced there was no way the Steelers could come up anywhere short of the AFC championship game. And we all know how that played out. That's what happens when you're so certain that a team is going to to do well. But it doesn't matter how certain we are. What we don't want is the Steelers feeling that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, this team, and and really – I, not every team can say they can win every single game they play. The Steelers, I believe, are in that category. Every team can lose every game as well yeah. when you turn the ball over. And so and we'll get to that. We're going to get to that. What I want to talk about today, though, in this podcast, at least for the first half, is think back to last week. Who are some players that did not play, let's just say up to your standard? And Need to improve their game in some way, shape, or form. Now, this is completely subjective. You can pick whoever you like, and you can give your own justification. That's your list. It doesn't matter. So, Dave always poo-poos me going to Brian first. <laughs> I'm going to go to Dave first. So we make it equity is important. Dave, mm-hmm. give me a player that you feel like needs to play better this Sunday at Heinz Field.
1: Okay. Well, I'm I'm going to I'm not I'm not going to give a Dave answer. I'm just going to kind of change up how I'm looking at it because you you guys know I'm a numbers guy. I'm not saying that this. Really? Play- yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> um, I'm not saying that this player didn't play well, but I would like to see, based on opportunity and everything else, I would like to see more numbers from Najee Harris. I would mm-hmm. like to see, you know, more yards, more. Ca- We're not going to see any more a, a greater number and percentage of offensive snaps because you can't you can't top that one because he no. was out there every snap. But I'm just saying, even. Um, overall yards, like make those connections on those short passes to where he can he can get some yards in in the passing game as well. I'm not saying that I think that oh he didn't do it he didn't step up enough. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'd just like to see more of a numbers production um, based on the offensive game plan.
0: Yeah, for sure. I could see that. that, that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Brian. Um, what do you think? Uh, who's a player that you want to see do a little bit better this Sunday? Well,
2: there's definitely a few of them. One of them that comes to mind, and this is going to follow along in what where Dave was going with this. You know, this guy had a, a good game this week, but I want him to have a superstar game. I want him to have a takeover game, and that's Chase Claypool. And we kind of saw that Ooh, in wow. week two okay. last year. Uh, last year in week two, and where he just really came alive. Chase made that amazing catch. He had a really nice run, but... I'm kind of looking at him as being a focal point and kind of branching into that WR1 type role, even though you don't need that with these guys, with this stable. You don't need all all four of them to be superstars, but every single week you need to have that one guy that stands out. As receivers more and more last week was Deontay Johnson it's not going to be Deontay Johnson for 17 games that's what a true WR1 does but this week I really wanted to be Chase Claypool and I think that they have some very good matchup opportunities against that Raiders secondary so I'd like him to have a better week not because he had a bad week but to be more of a focal point and be more of a standout
0: I like that explanation. I had Claypool on my list, and I scratched him off last second because I was like, yeah, he had a pretty good game. I'm going to go with my first player on the list is a guy that's going to connect both of yours, and that's BTR, Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. Ben has to play better. And there's people that are Ben apologists, and I'm a big Ben Roethlisberger fan, but I'm also going to be the guy that says he can play better. And, I, and he had three weeks off. That's still kind of hard to fathom. And I think the second half, let's see the trajectory. The arrow is pointing up, as Mike Tomlin would say, for the offense in Ben Roethlisberger. Let's see if they can pick that up. I want to see him connect with Najee Harris on those short passes. Give him good, accurate passes to catch. And with Claypool, my goodness, Ben said in his press uh, availability this week, it's either you catch the ball, it's a, P, a defensive pass interference, or, you know, my gosh, it's so many good things can happen when Claypool gets deep. He's a he's a beast of a guy, but Ben has to play better. He's got to deliver the ball more accurately. I want to see him be- play better because we know he can play better. Let's go to Dave. Who else do you have on your list, Dave?
1: You said, notice we all went offense. And well, you, you have you been, to. Who, I mean, well, I, have some, exactly. I have some defenders.
0: It, I have a defender in, on my list. It,
1: exactly. Oh, I didn't know we were going
0: around again. So, okay. Oh, yeah. For um, sure. Oh,
1: you're ready to go? Then I'll just say, do I have to go by name or can I just say the entire offensive line?
0: You can say, I That's I had the O-line on my list. Is yes. there anyone in particular?
1: Um, I'm going to say, well, first of all, you're going to think I'm crazy. I'm actually going to say Kevin Dotson. Yes. Only Brian Brian agrees with me. Yes, not not because of how he played, but because of our level of expectation for him. What was his grade won- for
0: PFF, Dave? You know, uh, he just has, a- he. I mean, he had
1: the lowest on the offensive
0: line. Really, Dotson was
1: the lowest rated offensive lineman for the Steelers. Really, yes. yes. And that, I didn't like know I said, that. I, I kind of tore into story. the PFF grades. Like I, I, I want to say this to people. The podcast, I got to make sure I understand people understand this on the articles just because I report the PFF grades doesn't mean <laughs> that I agree with them. And I spent a long time in these articles this week. I even put a clip in from Jeffrey Benedict because I was so upset that they gave Ray Ray a bad grade. He played three snaps and one of them, he had to block a defensive end and did a great
0: job for a wide receiver. <laughs> and
1: they gave him a failing grade on that play because none, because you can't play three plays and have a, because have a, they started with grades of 60. That's where everyone starts. If you got a grade of 60, it means you didn't do anything great, didn't do anything terrible. If you get a grade lower than 60, that means you did stuff that you didn't do right. So that kind of drove me nuts with that one. But there was plenty of others like Ben's – I mean, Ben wasn't good, but Ben wasn't worse than Aaron Rodgers. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick, they obviously had no clue what they were asking Minka to do in that game. That's the problem with some with of the grades. But I actually put a little bit more faith in the offensive line and defensive line with these grades more than other places, not that they're perfect – but just because they're a little bit easier to grade, and Kevin Dotson, we have a really high standard for him right now, and especially through the preseason. And he didn't stand out as the as the player on the O line last week. Dan Moore Jr. actually had the highest grade, so uh, followed really? by Trey Turner. Trey Turner turned it around compared to what he did in the preseason. In my opinion, there was some some plays where he was pancaking. I mean. Kendrick green, he had, he had moments both ways. That was his biggest thing. He had some great blocks and he had some times where he just, he struggled. So it's not, I think with the exception, maybe at right tackle, which I don't want to get into too much. We've seen the potential of what these guys can all do. It's just putting it together all together on more plays. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that and, and I think they'll grow as the season goes on based on some of the really good things you can see at times with most of them.
0: I like it. I had offensive line on mine. Uh, Brian, you can either add to what Dave said if you wanted to call out a specific player, feel free, or do you have someone else? I
2: was actually going with Kevin Dotson or Trey Turner on that. But this is my question for Dave, and because I have I- a great respect for Dave when it comes to offensive line. And, well, actually, that, that's the only serious. place he has respect for me. The only place,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Even no. though and I, in, him, him, and, I and wanted to, and then fight twenty minutes, and then um, I love him. Eating contests, I think he has some respect for me there.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a Mrs. Fields and Big Mac uh, right, Mrs. Oh, Fields champion on Big Mac. Anyways, right back but, to this, Dave. <laughs> i want to ask you about. i want to ask you about the eye test with the offensive line. Okay, who? I mean. If Dan Moore Jr. graded out the best and Kevin Dotson graded out the least, if I'm talking to Dave Schofield about his eye test, who graded out the highest on that?
1: Um, Eye test? See, it's funny because a lot of people were really high on what Kendrick Green did, but he didn't grade out as well. My eye test tells me that no lineman really stood out above anybody else throughout the game. I thought Dan Moore struggled the most in the first half. And I thought that he stood out the most in a good way in the second half. Um, but I still haven't, I tried to, you know, when I rewind and watch a play over again, I did as much as I could, but I was watching with my dad. So that kind of made it a little bit difficult to do. So I'm still trying to evaluate that. Uh, tomorrow is supposed to be more of my film day, if you know what I mean. So that's, that's the thing I would say is if you broke it into halves, I think the best half of any lineman is would Dan Moore's second half from what I saw right away. But, I mean, there was times where you don't want the offensive lineman to stand out in a bad way, and there was some times where you saw that, not as much as what you saw Monday night, if you know what I mean. Um, but you also saw some plays where they really stood out for making a real nice block some really nice plays from Kendrick Green, some really nice plays even from, I mean, from Trey Turner, some that really stood out. But it's that play in and play out that you want to get all the time. Was that good enough for you? That was great.
2: That was okay. exactly what I wanted. Now, I do have a player too, and but to uh, piggyback on the whole offensive line thing, I would like to just mention real quick that after watching the Ravens game on Monday Night Football, I'm even though I love him as a person, I'm glad Al Villanueva isn't on that line because it seems like we, there's more of an upside with Dan Moore Jr. right now. So that's just my comment there as far as the, the offensive line looking up. One more guy that on offense that I want to mention that needs to have a great week, Jeff and Dave, it's Pat Fryermuth. Now, when you saw the injury report today, and there's a hamstring, and he didn't practice, and that being Eric Ebron. You realize how much they need, how beneficial those tight ends can be. And you saw that one big play for Ebron, that one big play for Friar Muth. And then you saw the Raiders and Ravens game again on Monday night and saw what they did with Darren Waller. We'll talk about him probably later as being one of the big threats on their offense. But we've seen how tight ends could just exploit that middle and how Ben Roethlisberger for years with Heath Miller has been amazing. We've seen how beneficial they are. I could just see in his hometown, first home game, rookie year, them going to Pat Fryermuth a whole lot. And I could see him getting on the board one or two times if they use him correctly. Now, look, did he have a bad game? No. I mean, he had a block that, that stood out. He had a uh, he had a catch that was amazing, but they weren't using him. So just like we were talking about other guys being used more and being more of a focal point, I want Muth to be that guy number
0: eighty eight. Mm-hmm. He drove Tredavious White into the parking lot. I oh, yeah, he did. Block. <laughs> I was say, did. Did he that's ever stop blocking
1: about. him? Or is that block still going on now? Afterwards?
0: That was the play I saw on Instagram. I was like, damn, Pat. Like, that's insane. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, and no, it's one thing to block a player difference. into your
0: own deep into your own bench, but
1: to block a player that deep into his own, into his bench, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, so the, you're surrounded by the enemy and you're just there, playing there
0: playing. were there were several plays during the Buffalo game where you heard audibly whistles going like refs were blowing whistles like, you know, trying to stop something. And you, you never saw it on television. And I and Eagle was too busy talking about how there are fans in the stands for the 15,000th time. <laughs> and you never heard what happened. I guarantee you that was one of them. And I guarantee you Kendrick Green and why he got yanked out of the game was another one. Yeah,
2: Brian, you were going to say something. So does that make him Pat Fryer truth?
0: Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's R8. out there. You can't. Talk. <laughs> no, no, you never. No, never. Okay. I'm going to go on the defensive side. And this literally is me just wanting to see more. When the Steelers are willing to trade for someone, they are going to give up something. Most of the time it's draft stock, draft capital, whatever you want to call it. I want to see more from Joe Showbert. I want to recognize him. I want to see him. I want to see him pop off the screen. There's players that you've all seen. We've all seen them that when they're on the field, the balls around them, boom, they pop. And for the most part, like Devin Bush, you can see Devin Bush moving around. Like he pops. I know Joe Schobert's probably still in that learning curve part of his time with Pittsburgh, but my goodness, I want to see something more. Maybe. Yeah. I I did notice that Devin Bush was the one with the green dot on the back of his helmet in week one. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, but that's, Maybe Joe Sherbert, if they're going to run more base defense, is going to have more opportunities. I just want to see him play to the standard that, okay, the Steelers gave up some some draft capital for him, and it was worth it. He, I know it was a six-round pick, but it was still worth it because he's a great player. I do think he's a great player. I know he's actually a great player, but for me, I, I, I want to see more from him. That's all I'm going to say. So, Dave, you do you have anything to add yeah, to Yeah,
1: because here's what's crazy. You just brought up something really interesting the Steelers actually have three players on, on their team that they traded for this year, If yeah. when you think about it. In Schober, Joe Schobert.
0: Witherspoon. Witherspoon.
1: And Loudermilk. They traded oh, they away traded next year, year to, in order to draft him. Yeah. And what's funny is Schobert, the only one who had a helmet on Sunday and started and played, they gave up the least amount of capital for because it, it was a sixth versus the other ones being fifths. So when you think of it that way, you're like, hmm, now they're also, you know, paying salary and things like that. When it comes to Joe Schobert, you're right. But at the same time, I would be completely satisfied if he is an Aaron Smith type defender. And that is someone who does a fantastic job at what they need to do and yet never get recognized because they're not the ones No flash. to do flashy things. There's
0: no flash, there's they no were, juice, yeah. they just go about He the was business. never
1: I, asked to do flashy you're right. things, Aaron. You're right. Smith. But you're right. I don't know if that's what they're gonna do with Schobert or not. But if they do, I hope we can still appreciate him.
0: Well, and if they're gonna ask uh, you know, their their linebackers to cover a Darren Waller, even for any amount of time, like they're going to have to show up in a big way or else Waller is going to absolutely kill him yeah. So anyways, let's continue. Do you have any other players, Dave?
1: I mean, I could, if you wanted me to, but I mean,
0: you're really not prepared. They're, they're, do you no, have what, I'm,
1: <laughs> what I'm saying is
0: they're further down the list. If you want to
1: keep going, hey. we name everybody. We can do it, but that's up to you.
0: I was just going to go around one more time. Like I have another player, but Brian, do you have another player? Yes, do I do. Go for it. Yeah.
1: I, okay. Good.
2: And his, <laughs> And his name is Chris Wormley. I would love to see mm. a lot more from Chris Wormley. I, I didn't think even recognize him on the field. That's the problem. Y- you didn't, but you know, he was in there for to it. Now, let me, I know Dave's going to jump in with this and uh, Dave's going to jump in with this. What we see when you don't see on to it is you see a greater effort from Cam Hayward. And that's a, that's a huge deal. It's almost like he puts the defensive line on his shoulders. However, what if you still get a great effort from Cam Hayward and have another amazing effort from Chris Wormley? What Chris Wormley's going to do is also going to help out Alex Highsmith on that right side as well. So I'm really looking for some more from him. I mean, I know he is uh, – I, I really think that he could be a Tyson – Alulu? Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know why that confuses me. I always time. I always know, oh, I know which one it is and then I second guess it the last minute. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> I, you know, I I would love to see him be like that. And I actually think that he can be because when you guys were just talking about Joe Schobert and I failed to give me a chance to stick my two cents in there, <laughs> I'll throw it in now. Um, Joe Schobert is your blue-collar guy and I think Chris Wormley could be your blue-collar guy. Tyson Alulu has been your blue collar guy and they're not flashy but you need those guys you need those pieces of the puzzle that are going to uh give the assist every batman needs a robin and that's what these guys can be I mean, we talk about it when we're talking about the defensive backs uh, terrell edmonds is your robin and you need those guys ryan clark was a robin and then he became a batman later on um but really if Chris Wormley could get some more penetration or just gobble up some offensive linemen, that does a whole lot for the success of Alex Highsmith too. Which Highsmith got robbed of a sack with one of the uh, seventeen thousand holds from the Buffalo Bills <laughs> offensive line, and it was it was really egregious because he was about
0: to kill Josh Allen on that play. Yeah, I'm, I I would not have even thought of listing Wormley, but you make some really good points. Which-
1: yeah. which is funny because, you know, I said I had other names. I just didn't know how far you down you wanted to go because the really other one that I was going to say was actually Tyson Alualu He didn't have as strong a game as he's had as he had for the Steelers last year. But the thing that's interesting about both Wormley and Al- Alualu sorry, um, is the Steelers did not play base defense. They didn't have all three of those on the field at the same time between Hayward, Alu-Alu, I keep doing it, and Wormley. They weren't all three out there at the same time. So it wasn't, you know, it was real interesting how they did that. I don't think that that's going to be the case this week. I think you're going to see some base defense based on the way that the Raiders uh, deploy their personnel.
0: I, the next player I have, I'm going to, I have to be the guy that says this next player. Like it has to be me because yeah. I've, it has to, it's, it's big press. Like, and I'm the one that has to call him out. Cause I was his biggest mm-hmm. fan and I wanted Jordan Berry gone when he shanked the punt. I swear. I said to myself, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Like, this is the one thing I hated about Jordan Berry is the shank. And I, it, okay. I'll give him a pass. Cause it was his first professional game. It was on the road, all that other bull crap. I don't care. You, I want consistency from the punting position, whether it's Presley Harvin or someone else. Presley Harvin's just a really, I don't know, he's a, he's a fun character to follow when you think about it. his body build is just so different. He can squat so much weight. Georgia Tech, I saw those videos. Presley Harvin, just don't shank the ball. Like seriously, a 45-yard punt, I'll take it. You don't have to be a 60, 70-yard punt. Just give me, like, 45, 50, 55, and then when you really got to get a hold of one, you can do it. Don't shank an effing punt. Like, that's all I want to (laughs) say. Don't shank the punt. Like My gosh, like, that's – Everyone, I, I was on the uh, Know Your Enemy podcast. I'm sorry, it was uh, the curtain call at the time, and they talked about the punters, and I went on with Michael and Jeffrey Benedict. That was a great I, show. And <laughs> I told him, I said, that I just can't It's like a golfer getting up there. You know you're going to get a shank every single round. You can't do that. You're not going to be a good golfer because that's going to be a huge number you're going to put up on that hole. Mm-hmm. You can't shank a punt. So I thought Presley Yards has been doing good holding. Chris Boswell is obviously money in the bank in week one. No issues there, but my goodness. Don't shank (laughs) punts. Anyways. And and with that, I think that's a great way to end that segment. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get this up here. Uh, Oh uh, man. Wilfredo Vasquez 11 gives us $5. He said, can you be part of the hashtag hashtag? nerds of steel right or is it yeah. nerves of steel? i thought it was nerds it is nerds, nerds. of steel. it's okay <laughs> hashtag bad company and the ride or die crew i'm a podcast listener for the second season and man it is a different now with y'all thanks welcome aboard if even if it's your second season um it's totally different from the first season like if you all the people that listen on our audio side it's it's not the same brian i mean go ahead and talk about some of the new shows while we have a minute
2: well yeah we really do and we've we've grown so much you know the uh, 12 o'clock platform the noon platform with adding a one of my favorite new shows is jeffrey benedict's from the cutting room floor it's okay and- that's how you I'm just that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right it's because he's it's in the right. live chat that's how he <laughs> uh, okay. no, I mean just a really good I I picture though I picture Jeffrey wearing a smoking jacket though and a pipe and when he does that show
1: is the cutting room floor
2: yeah I mean, like- <laughs> I'm like yeah I mean, it's like the actor's studio, you
1: know? Yes. <laughs>
0: <It's>, <laughs> Which I but, think of Will, Will Ferrell from Saturday Night Live. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <think> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, it's, I mean,
2: really, and that, that's the show when we brought up and we're talking about doing, we, the three of us had a meeting here and we we're talking about, like, that's going to be a hard one to pull off. And by goodness, he pulled it off because, you know, talking about, film room on an audio show is difficult to do, Absolutely. but he really he really does a great job doing it. You know, I'm a fantasy football nerd myself. I love it. Um, I think I'm getting more into uh, uh, daily fantasy on the weekends and the fantasy football focus, uh, the fantasy football fix, excuse me, with Jeremy Betts on Wednesdays. Good show. I mean, he delves into it, but it's from a Steeler perspective. So... <laughs> It's definitely from a feeler <laughs> perspective, too, and it's from where where they're playing and uh, um, who they're playing. So it's a good guide because we ca- we kind of get jaded when we play our own players on in fantasy football. And, you know, I have a fantasy football note. If I would have won in three leagues the other day if the Ravens would have come up and, and won that game. I lost by like one or two points in three games, and I was thrown to death that I lost. Um, so, but it really gives you, this show gives you perspective on Thursdays. It's a carryover show. It's uh one that we started last, um, at the beginning of the, uh, the off season with Matty Peverell, Re- very good show called the war room. He, he, bre- he breaks into rookies. He even, he'll even talk about guys that, uh, that could be potential Fourth round picks of the Steelers next yeah. year, and let me tell you about this. This is the guy who was talking about Kendrick Green the week of the draft when I still hadn't. I I didn't. I saw his name, but I didn't know anything about him. And I knew about him before the draft because of that show. Uh, so great stuff there. On Fridays, get ready for one of the craziest, so it's, most it's fun so shows.
0: It's such a funny show. Like I, I listened to last mm-hmm. week's. It was, it was this week. I was driving home. I think on Wednesday, and I listened to last Friday. So it's dated, but it is still. I found myself laughing out loud.
2: Yeah. So
1: this, I, I just say that's a fun. Sh- that's a fun listen. Is it
2: how is. Yeah. No, it,
0: it. it, it's a good funny. It, it, it.
2: I mean, and I, I have yet to be
1: called out on it. Jeffrey, Jeff, and
2: Dave—you've all been called out.
1: Yeah, I got and, called out because I called it different because I was afraid if I tried <laughs> to explain what they do, that people would find it like not yeah, as great as, said, as what it really he is. Did,
0: he called you Dave Schofield. <laughs> <Yeah, Showfield. laughs> well, it like was right Showburt. after the Steelers got Showbert, so I, I kind of Dave
1: Schofield. <laughs> but that, that was the, right after we said it was the Showbro Show because of the Joe Showbro,
2: <laughs> <laughs> That was why. The, maybe, maybe that's it. And then a show that I really enjoy enjoy a lot is our boys from Ohio the Ohioans on on Saturdays um uh, that this show debuts at noon this is the power half hour with uh with Chris Paul and also Joe the these guys great rapport they're really uh, I I sit there and I just laugh cuz it's funny um and it's a different kind of funny than what Ian's talking about now uh recently in the power half hour a little trend that they're they're going with right now they're they're talking about uh, um, basically the team and the city and five reasons to hate these. guys. So they're not going to be, they're they're not going to get invites to work for the chain. They're not going to be men of the year in the Buffalo chamber of commerce and definitely not Vegas this week. But so each and every week it's, it's a lot of fun too. It's a little tongue in cheek when they do it. I mean, they're, they're having fun with it and, and they're laughing. With the cities, not at them. Well, maybe at them, but lots of great shows. Check them out. You're if you're just watching YouTube for these shows, you're missing out because we get 25 to 26 fresh original shows. And I'm not talking about part one and part two, that's not that's not in the equation. We have all these new shows. It's you guys say non stop, one stop shop. I say non stop shop, it's always here. You could talk about any avenue of the Steelers. You want any aspect, and you're going to hear it from BTSC Radio now.
0: Amen. Good way to send, our, send it out into our first break. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Anywhere When we come back, we're going to talk over under game, some news and our predictions. Stay tuned.